All right, we want to uh, greet everyone in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and we're grateful to everyone that's here. All right, if you have your Bibles, let's go to the sixth chapter of the book of Hebrews. Is everybody there? The sixth chapter of the book of Hebrews. Uh, and we're going to start reading at verse 1. Actually, we'll, we'll back up to chapter 5. We'll start reading at verse 14. All right, it says, But strong meat... Belongeth to them that are of full age. Does everybody see that? Strong meat. So you see these different degrees of, uh, of God's word and, and how he describes it. Some places it's got milk. Some places it has meat. And in this place here, it has strong meat. That's what you get here, see? Strong meat. It belongeth to them that are what? Are of what? Full age. Ready to chew it. They chewed, they swallowed the milk and didn't choke on it. They got good at that. And then you introduced some cereal into that milk. They didn't choke on that. Then you introduce mashed potatoes. Everybody understand, you know how you step up with your small children. You don't upgrade them from milk to steak. You have to step up, you see, prepare their stomachs to be able to digest it. Strong meat is the last. It ain't just, it ain't, you know, how many of you know pork meat is softer? You know, you, you get certain parts of, parts of a pig, you, ain't, you almost ain't got to chew it. You see, yeah, you almost ain't got to chew it because it's, it's full of fat. And them pigs ain't running around. They ain't, you know, they ain't muscles like deer. They just, you know. <laughs> so they don't have lean meat, what they call it, you see. But you, you get a deer, you got some lean meat there. It's some, everybody understand. So that's the meat that's, that we're talking about here. Strong meat belong to them that are of full age. So this, is, this lets us know the different degrees of God's word. And it also, on the other side, lets us know that sometimes people are not willing to grow as far as God wants them to grow. The miracle workers, they can digest strong meat. People who see God moving in their lives on a regular basis, they can digest Strong meat. They have a desire for it. Some people don't. You know, I've told you about my mother telling the story of one of my aunties. When she was six years old, she was still drinking a bottle. Still, because that's what she had a desire for. 
And then, you know, she would cry and whine because the older children didn't want to put any sugar in it. And so she'd cry and whine and they'd have to put sugar in it. And that's the way people are today. I'm talking about in church. 30 years old, still drinking milk, and they just trying to fix it up. We're going to put some sugar in it. We're going to put some salt in it. We're going to put some food coloring in it, make it look and taste like food when it's not real food. Everybody understand? So we have to determine within our hearts and our minds, are we ready for strong meat? Do we want strong meat? Or do we want to just, do we want to go to heaven still being babies? And babies ain't working miracles. Does everybody understand? You have to be able to digest it. All right, so it says, strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those by reason, who by reason of use have their senses exercised. Everybody see that? So now this tells us what makes this strong, what makes milk grow into uh, meat and meat go to strong meat. Look at what it says there. By reason of use, have their senses exercised, look, to discern both good and evil. So the strong meat, what does that look like in the word? How do you know the difference between milk, meat, and strong meat? It has to do with the levels that God take you to to show you what's good and evil and whether or not you can accept it at each level. Does everybody understand? And I'm going to just use this as an example. You know, when I first started preaching, I didn't, didn't talk anything about, you know, for years, didn't say anything about women wearing pants. Didn't say anything about it. But as I grew in the Lord, and the Lord began to show me that it was wrong. And that was years later. Now, what would have happened if I would have rejected that? What would have happened if I'd have said, oh, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, people can, you ain't got to worry about it. God didn't reveal that to me when I first began preaching, so I'm not going to preach on that. That's, that's strong meat. And I'm going to tell you, when, when women and even men have issues with that, just that whole idea, I, I guarantee you they got issues in their home. Everybody understand? You can't be humble and meek and quiet like you're supposed to be as a woman of God when you're wearing what men wear. Amen. I've never met a woman wear pants that submitted according to God's word the way she's supposed to be to her husband or to her head. I've never seen it. Everybody understand? Because those two, they go together. If you're going to act like a lady, you're going to wear what a lady wears. Where were you at when, you, when the Lord spoke that to you the other day? So my wife was cleaning the shower the other day. Of course, you know, we, we went over this, I think, last weekend about women wearing what pertains to a man. I think it's in the, what, the book of Deuteronomy. And we went over that uh, last weekend. And... Uh, so my wife was cleaning the shower, and how was it the Lord spoke that to you? Now, what is, the scripture says that a woman should not wear that what, what pertains to a man. Isn't that what it says? So what, how, how did the Lord say that again now? 
Everybody hear that? Many women will argue that it's not talking about pants, but what else do men wear? Everybody hear that? How are you going to get past that? Many women will argue against that word, and you know, well, that's not talking about pants, but what else do men wear? What do men wear? Somebody tell me, what do we have on? <laughs> Everybody understand? So if you know that is 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 that that pants that men wear pants, then you know you're not supposed to wear what pertains to what he's wearing. And again, I'll say for those of us that still having a problem with that strong meat, <laughs> you have to digest it. You have to take it in. Everybody understand? Do we need to, let's, in fact, let's go look at that. Let's go, let me, just hold your spot there. Let's go to the book of Deuteronomy. I'm, let's hit this one more time. Everybody there? The 22nd chapter of the book of Deuteronomy. Now I'm telling you, in our hearts, we have to get this right. Everybody understand? Yeah. I wouldn't know. And some people will say, well, legalism. Well, isn't it all? We, that's the reason why we come together. We read the way we're supposed to live. People don't scream legalism when it's touching their flesh and they don't want to change. So you'd have to call all of God's word legalism. It's all, it all explains how we're supposed to live, how we're supposed to conduct ourselves. Does everybody understand? No, this is not legalism. This is the word of God. I'm going to prove it to you. Everybody there? The 22nd chapter of the book of Deuteronomy? Is everybody there? We're going to read verse 5 now. The woman shall not wear that which pertaineth unto who? Amen. What does a man wear? Isn't that clear in your Bible? Neither shall a man put on a woman's garment. Everybody see that? Now you see the order that it goes in? You understand why it goes in that order? Because the woman was going to be the first one to cross that line. And that become the norm. Now we see on the other side, the men are crossing the line. Well, y'all wearing pants. I'm going to wear a dress. I'm going to wear skirts. I'm going to get on stage and rap in this foolishness. With a wig on, a colored wig. And instead of y'all doing me a favor and dragging me off this stage and taking me to an insane asylum somewhere, y'all going to go out and buy my albums. Y'all gonna think it's cool and cute. Everybody see that? Neither shall a man put on a woman's garment. Now let's read this very carefully. For all, who is all? It's talking about the people. For all that do so are abomination. Unto who? 
You know what that means? An abomination, when you, something is an abomination to him, he hates it. He detests it. He's not talking about putting on what you're not supposed to put on. He said all that do it. How far do you think you can grow in God when he can't stand you? How far do you think you can grow in God when he detests you because of what you wear? No, the pants ain't the problem. It's who got them on. All, for all who do it. He's not just talking about the women in power suits with their briefcase going to work. All of them. For all that do it. Everybody understand? That's talking about at nighttime as well. When you're in the privacy of your own home. All that do it are an abomination to him. How far do you think you're going to get in God being an abomination to him? Now you know it's a devil when folks to this day still fight against it. All the stuff you could be wearing. Amazon got all kind of stuff. Tried for seven days. <laughs> but you know it, it takes us back to the Garden of Eden. You may eat of all the trees that's in the garden. There's a million of them. You can eat from them. Not this one. Don't eat from this one. Because the day you eat thereof, you will surely die. And what did they do? That's the nature of man. Don't tell me not to do something. Everybody understand? Because I got to prove it wrong. I'm telling you, sisters, there's the ones that's sitting here and the ones that's listening to me online or however you're getting this message. You're, you've gone as far as you're going to go in God until you take those pants off and put on a dress and a skirt, put on what pertains to women. You've gone as far as you've gone in God. Everybody understand? And I'm not, and you may say, well, I'm blessed, I'm successful. Are you? The devil owns the whole world and going to hell. Everybody understand? So what you got in your bank account don't make you successful? Amen. Your good credit don't make you successful. Where are you and God? Do you have peace of mind? And I'm not talking about fake peace where you got to go out and spend money and go shopping and go on vacation to get some kind of peace. Where is your mind in God? Is he keeping it? Or are you tormented? Everybody understand? I'm telling you, as long as you sisters wear them pants, the devil got a foothold in your life. Because he knows this word. Even when you don't want to obey it, he's going to stick to it. Everybody understand? <laughs> so do we all, are we all clear on that? This is, is, this is something serious, you see. I had, I had explained it before. Uh, one of the, I had a vision some years ago that it was a lady that uh, worked at a TV station, worked, a couple of them that worked at a TV station where our, the ministry broadcast on. They were talking among themselves, and they, were, they heard me saying what I'm saying to you all now about pants, and they, and, and they had decided, well, you know, that's the word of God. We, we need to change that, and they had changed it. But they were talking, they were asking me, well, what do you think? And I was just about to give an answer to kind of make it light. 
you know, to try to make it that strong meat grind in my hand in more chewable form. And right before I did, the Lord pushed me. I, we were in a high rise, in a, in a uh, high, you know, maybe 30 or 40 stories. And the Lord pushed me out of the window and I was hanging there. Hanging on for dear life. Now he didn't show up physically, I just knew it was him pushing me out the window. And I was hanging there and then I, I started thinking, okay, so how can I get out of this situation? What, how can I, how can I save my life? And when I determined in myself, I'm going to say exactly the way the word says to say it, and, and, and I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Women ought to wear skirts and dresses, and men ought to wear pants. That's when the Lord reached out and picked me up so that I can address those women and, and answer their question. So he was showing me that this is not anything light. A woman, you can have a, a sincere heart to change and to be meek and quiet and to be submissive to your husband, but if you're wearing pants, the devil's going to make sure you're not successful at that. If you have a desire to wear what a man, what pertains, what do you think is on the inside of you to make you want to wear what a man is wearing? If it's awkward to you for to when you see a man in a skirt, out in public or a dress out in public. It ought to be awkward to you to see a woman out in public with pants on. It, it ought to strike you with the same, you, you know that something's wrong with that. You know if a man is wearing pants, a, a skirt or a dress, you know he's, he, he's gone somewhere. His mind ain't all the way there. You know it's something wrong with him. And that's the way God sees it when you wear what pertains to a man. When you sisters even have that desire Everybody understand. Amen. And people may say in their hearts, well, Brother Bowling, you hard on women. No, we hard on sin. And if you hold it on to it, then you're who we're hard on. Amen. Sin is what we preach against. Not people, sin. Everybody understand. Everybody that went to hell and everybody that's going, they're going because they're holding on to what God intended to cast there in the first place. The devil and his angels. The Bible makes it clear that hell was not made for man. So the only way men go there is when they're holding on to what the devil is holding on to, sin. Everybody understand? No, God don't send people to hell. He sends sin there. If you're holding on to it, that's where you'll go. Everybody understand? I, you know, I, I'm telling you, when, when you just live according to God's word, you'll feel a relief that you're supposed to feel. But as long as you're fighting against God, how are you going to win? Uh, people, I'm telling you, I, I can stand here and stand on God's word, and ain't nobody got scripture anywhere to come against what was just said. Nowhere in God's Bible do you say, do you see, well, it's, that's all done away with now. The devil will say, well, that was in the Old Testament. Well, I can promise you, anything God hated a million years ago, he hated today. Everybody understand? No, he don't change his mind. If he hated it, that, that's why it's an abomination. That's why I said that. It's an abomination. If he hated it when he wrote it, he hated today. 
tell you, it's going to be a sad day. I think about that the way the Lord said that. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. You know why? Because Brother Bowden told me different. He told me how to live. He told, I, I didn't believe him, but he, he sure enough stood up there and said it. And all I had to do was listen. That's where it's going to be people grinding their teeth out of their mouth in hell. Because some righteous preacher told them how to live and they refused it. Everybody understand? There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Brother Junior, when he was alive, he told me some years ago he had a vision of people going to hell. And when they were dropping into hell, he said, I saw them pulling their hair out. When they realized where they were going, they were pulling their hair out. But here's the thing. We don't have to go there. Everybody understand? No, we ain't got to go there. When we hear God's word, all we got to do is obey it. Everybody understand? Keep obeying, keep obeying, and then you get to that strong meat. You see? All right, so let's go. Everybody back at the sixth chapter of the book of Hebrews. And, I, you know, we don't preach these things to be a terror to people. But the Bible says that the Lord is a terrible God. Does everybody understand what that means? When I read this Bible, it don't scare me. Everybody understand? No, it, it don't scare me. I don't just, I don't say, well, Lord, you need to back up a little bit. Now, let me go find some happy scriptures. How many of you, when you were little watching a scary movie, you were glad you had to get to a cartoon? Let me turn on something. God don't have cartoons. It's all his word. Everybody understand? <laughs> yeah, I remember those days. Let's watch Scooby-Doo or something. He ain't, he ain't cutting nobody with a chainsaw. <laughs> God's word is not scary when you believe in him. Everybody understand? Now, you think about how our children are and how some of us were when we were children. We were only scared of our parents when we had done something wrong. That was the only time we were scared of them. Any other time, we were in their face. Can I have this? Can I have that? Can I have? Everybody understand. And each one of us got those children, can I have? At least one of them, can I have? Well, you know when they stop coming to you asking, can I have, what's wrong? They done already had behind your back without asking. <laughs> All right, so is everybody there? All right, so verse 14 again, let's read that. But strong meat, that's what we just got finished talking about. Strong meat belongeth to them that are of what? Full age. Everybody see that? Full age, ready to receive it. Even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised. In other words, God gives you this discernment where you know, I know that's wrong. I know that that's, it's wrong. You're able to tell the difference then. Everybody understand? To discern both good and evil, and that's the only way you grow in God. As you get higher in God, he begins to make other stuff clear to you. 
And, and see, as you grow higher in God, that's what make your praise louder. Because you're thanking him for not striking you dead when you were ignorant. That's where you see the grace of God at as you, get, as you begin to digest and eat this strong meat. It becomes, you become very, very aware. Lord, if I had died in that condition, that would have been it for me. I don't care how I thought I was serving you. I was on my way to hell. Been saved for five years in my mind. Been got thought gave my life to the Lord. I wasn't nowhere. Everybody understand what I'm saying? That strong meat, it makes you aware. You on your head, way to hell till yesterday. <laughs> Everybody understand? <laughs> I mean, have any of us ever had that epitome? Had, had that epiphany? All right, chapter 6, verse 1. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection. Everybody see that? Not laying again the foundation of what? Repentance from what? dead works we move on to perfection when we stop having to repent when we just accept what we've heard and receive it and ask God to help us to live it out everybody see that and of faith towards God everybody see so you see the order there you eat that strong meat because you're a full age, after a while you get to the point where you don't have to repent anymore. Because you are walking out what God has called for you to walk out. Everybody understand? And so you leave those old principles. You're not laying again the foundation of repentance. Does everybody understand? No, you're, not laying that, you're not laying that foundation anymore. You've moved on. And now you're just being led by the Spirit of God. Everybody understand? That's what it means when it says from dead works. In other words, I, I think I know what God wants. You move from that to just being led by the Spirit of God. And listen, that, that when you're led by the Spirit of God, that's where your faith grow in him. You're no longer repenting from dead works. You know, everybody understand what that mean there? I got all these rules that I got in my mind of what's acceptable to God, and when I break one of them, I have to repent. And I'm constantly repenting because I'm constantly breaking it. Now you're led by the Spirit of God. And listen, that Spirit of God, he'll lead you to do some stuff you would have never thought of. One of the ways as I grew in the Lord, one of the ways I knew something was wrong was when the Lord led me by his Spirit to what was right. Does everybody understand? When I feel a tug, okay, you need to stop watching this on TV. I don't, I don't think anything wrong with it until he tells me to stop watching it. And then when I make up my mind, okay, so I'm not going to, okay, so sweetheart, we can't watch that no more. Then the Lord will start revealing what was wrong with it. Everybody understand? 
So you see how you have to have an, a, a willingness to be obedient even when you don't understand what the Lord is trying to pull you out of. That is, what's, that is what got a lot of sisters and brothers as well fighting against wearing what pertains to a man because they don't see it right now. Woman just as boisterous and loud as she want to be. And her husband right there on her side fighting against that. Well, you, you, know, yeah, you know, I don't see anything wrong with her wearing pants. I don't see anything wrong with her slapping me. Everybody understand? If I put on a police uniform, walked out of this place, and sat one of my children on top of the car and said, look, when I start speeding up, you make a siren noise. And I pull somebody over. And I pull out my love notepad and look, you was, you know, you driving ugly or whatever, you know, you about to get a ticket. What would happen if a real police officer saw me? Wouldn't I get arrested? For what? Impersonating. How am I impersonating? What's the first thing I done wrong? I put on his clothes. I put on his clothes. Everybody know what I'm saying? I'm, I went out of my way to look like him when I'm not him. Everybody understand? And wouldn't God do the same thing? You think God ain't pulling over impersonators today? That's a man uniform you got on. That's what's got you thinking you can pull people over. That's what's got you thinking you can check your husband <laughs> and write him a ticket. You out of order. <laughs> so everybody, everybody agree with that? Joshua, what did you do with that box I told you to put up here? No, go get it. All right, so let's go now. Let's go real briefly. Let's go to the 22nd chapter of the book of Luke. Is everybody there? The 22nd chapter of the book of Luke. I tell you, I, I love all of God's word. I really love the book of Luke because Luke was a physician. He was a doctor. Thank you. He was a doctor. And when you read his book, you get more details. And whatever it was he talked about concerning the gospel, it was more detailed than the other Gospels. Does everybody understand? And he was not writing from the eyewitness standpoint. 
Somebody passed this on to him. Does everybody understand? Now, I'm going to tell you, my wife will tell you the same thing. I'm a detail type of person. I love details. Everybody understand? All right. Everybody there? 22nd chapter of the book of Luke? We're going to start reading at verse 1. It says, Now the feast of unleavened bread drew nigh, which is called the Passover. And the chief priests and scribes sought how they might kill him, for they feared the people. Then entered Satan into who? Judas, Judas surnamed Iscariot, being of the number of the twelve. And he went his way and communed with the chief priests and captains how he might betray him unto them. And they were glad and covenant, covenanted to, to, to give him money. And he promised and sought opportunity to betray him unto them in the absence of the multitude. Does everybody see that? So now they got a mole. Here was Judas. How many of you plan to name your child Judas? That's about like Jezebel. That name Judas is synonymous with betrayal. Even Jude, the man who wrote the book of Jude, who was Jesus Christ's biological brother, even he, his name, his full name was Judas. But he was like, no, no, y'all can call me Jude. <laughs> now, I think it's interesting that the name Judas is, comes from the name Judah, which means praise. Isn't that something? No, we don't get caught up in praise. Do let's worship. We can praise and and you know and sing unto the Lord and stuff like that. But let's worship Him in spirit and in truth. In other words, in our everyday lives as well. And there was Judas, the praiser, seeking how he could betray the Lord. Now you see how slick he was. How they, 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 they had to come up with some stuff. They, the, this Bible, what we just read, it said that they feared the people. They understood we can't do this out in the open. We can't just come and arrest him when he's out. He just got finished laying hands on somebody and they've been raised from the dead or they hear from leprosy or something. We can't do it then. These people will kill us. So we need to do it when there's a few, like a little crowd. Like, it's just very little people. But look, we don't feel like just following him around all the time. Let's get one of his inside people. Let's get somebody that's close to him. Now, here was a man, Judas, who walked with the Lord for over three years. Seeing the miracles that were done, preaching the gospel himself to the same people. How in the world did he get to this point? Well, he agreed to betray the Lord. Do you know what it means to betray somebody? That means I have to pretend that I'm on your side. I have to act like I'm on your team. Only to come around and sucker punch you. That's what makes that such a horrible thing. He wasn't, he wasn't out 
out in the open an enemy of Jesus Christ? That's what betrayal is. I was your friend, or pretending to be, only to turn around and, and, and not be able to stand you. I tell you, it amazes me, even among married couples, how folks can make vows to one another only to despise and hate that person's guts just a few months or years into a marriage. That's betrayal. Everybody understand? When you can't stand to hear your husband's mouth that said I do to you, that's, that's betrayal. Everybody understand? When you can't stand to love your wife who you vowed to love for the rest of your life, for better or what? Worse. Worse. Not for better and best. Better or worse. But I guess maybe when we said worse, we had our fingers crossed behind our back. And it didn't count. It's betrayal. That's what makes folks hurt in marriage. Because they know when the other one have gotten out of their place, they, are, they feel betrayed. Everybody understand? How did he get to this point? Let's go. Let's go real quick to the sixth chapter of the book of John. Is everybody there? In the sixth chapter of the book of John, we're going to start reading at verse 52. Now, Judas, for three and a half years, was what we called, and we're answering the question we just asked, how did he get to that point? He was what we called stuck. That's the name of this message, stuck. He didn't move on and go on to perfection, like what the word says. Does everybody understand? He went as far as he wanted to go in the Lord, which was really nowhere. I get to walk around with the man. I get to preach for him. You know, he got to trust me because I'm carrying the money bag. I tell you what, it ain't enough to just hang out with the Lord. Everybody understand? No, it ain't enough to just go to church. So we're going to start reading at verse 52. It says, The Jews therefore strove among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me, and I in him. As the living Father hath sent me, and I live by the Father, so he that eateth me, even he shall live by me. Everybody see that? 
Does everybody see what he's talking about? What kind of flesh did, he, did the Lord have? Was it the pork that you could just swallow down with a straw? No, that, he was talking about strong meat. Everybody see that? And he said, when, in other words, if you will accept my word and obey it, I'll live through you. That's what he meant when he said, you'll live by me. Verse 58, this is that bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers did eat manna and are dead. He that eateth of this bread shall live forever. These things said he in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. Many therefore of his disciples, everybody say what they're saying, many? When they heard this, when they had heard this, said, this is a hard saying, strong meat. This is too strong. Who can hear it? In other words, who can chew it? When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples murmured at it. Isn't that something? You see that oxymoron? I say, do y'all see that oxymoron? When his disciples murmured at what he just preached. If they his disciples, would they be murmuring? And that's in there for a reason. A whole lot of folks. Lord, have we not cast out devils in your name? Done many. No, I never knew you. Everybody understand? Well, done, didn't know you. He said unto them, Does this offend you? <laughs> now, you know what I like about the Lord? He said what he had to say, and he didn't go into all these explanations of what he meant. He waited until folks stayed around. Oh, you still here? An hour after I said that? Okay, so come in, come sit down. Let me explain to you what I was really talking about. Everybody understand? But up until this point, they're thinking vampire. <laughs> Cult. You just all out of whack. You whooping folks out of church, mad because they ain't coming? And the folks that stay around, you tell them they got to eat your flesh and drink your blood. Who you think you are? That's all he had to say to them. Everybody understand? Let's go and keep reading. Does this offend you? What and if you shall see the Son of Man ascend up where he was before? It is the spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. But there are some of you that what? Believe not. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not and who should be betray him. And he said, therefore, said I unto you that no man, now listen very carefully, no man can come unto me except it were given unto him of my father. Does everybody see that? That's the reason why I don't run behind people. You can't convince the devil he need to get saved. When I preach and preach, and it don't matter how many years you've been here, or how many years you've listened to this ministry, when I preach and preach and preach and you're not getting it, it's because God have not pulled you to get it. The only people going to heaven is the people that God have ordained to go there. Everybody understand? And it is our choice whether or not we go. 
But the Lord is the one that flipped that switch and make you know you even have a choice. Let me read that again. Therefore said I unto you that no man can come unto me. Now you understand why the Lord preaches these hard messages. Because if you belong to him, you're going to receive it. If you belong to him, you're going to receive it. You're going to be sitting right there when he get done saying, eat my flesh and drink my blood. Everybody understand? You're going to bring your plate and your, your cup next week. Everybody understand? Says, no man can come unto me except it were given unto him of my father. Everybody see that? That's why I don't get mad at folks when they don't accept God's word. I can't change who your daddy is. The only thing I could do is, is, is fix the plate and put it in front of you. If you got God's appetite, you're going to eat it. If not, you're going to push it back and, and, and just keep continue to go to hell like you've been going. Everybody understand? Let's go and keep reading. Verse 66. From that time, Many of his disciples did what? And walked no more with him. Why? No man can come unto me except it were given unto him of my father. Everybody see that? Now, you know what this tells me? That everybody that's trying to come to the Lord ain't coming to him for the right reasons. I, I, I tell you, and, and the Lord's and the Lord smoked those people out. Everybody understand? Yeah, he smoked them out. And when you get done coming to the Lord to try to help to fix your marriage, <laughs> who's in the marriage except you and your spouse? God don't, let me make this clear. I think we said this before. God does not fix marriages. He fixed people. Nothing's wrong with marriage. The Bible says marriage is what? <laughs> Not a thing wrong with what he created. He fixed people. Everybody understand? <laughs> From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Then said Jesus unto the twelve, what? Don't leave. You know I'm sensitive. Y'all be friends? Y'all want to be my friend? Y'all all I got. We all we got. Everybody understand? He wasn't worried about that foolishness. When I get lonely, I can, make, I can turn rocks into people. Everybody understand? How many of you since living in the country, you hear birds now? What you think they doing in the morning time? They worshiping. That's what's waking you up. They worshiping. Even when you don't want to. Uh, something that don't have a soul will worship God. Yeah, you don't, so don't you come in here thinking you're doing God a favor because you done lifted up a few fingers to worship. <laughs> Everybody understand? Will ye also go away? 
You see what his mindset was? Well, he don't sound like he got love. He just understood what belonged to him, he wouldn't lose. Everybody understand? Whatever God brought to him, it wasn't going anywhere. Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? And I'm telling you, until you get to that point, you'll miss God. We ain't got nowhere else to go. That's the way I'm about the word. Whenever folks try to come against it or what I preach or whatever, that's the what else I got to preach. I ain't got, what else do we have to go by? That's the reason why I asked that question. Is that in your Bible? Well, what, do you, what other Bible do you have? What other word do you have that says it's okay for a woman to wear what pertains to a man? Everybody see? Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of what? Eternal life. Everybody see that? So you, you understand what that's saying there? Peter had exhausted all of his options. He didn't have any more options. I ain't, who else am I going to serve but God? You're the, you're the only one that's preaching what you're preaching. And that's the problem with us today. We got too many options. They don't like McDonald's, we can go to Burger King. Don't like Burger King, we can go to KFC. I don't feel like eating. That, you know, that's what my wife and I, we, we talk like that all the time. What you got a taste for? You want some chicken? Okay, no, we tired of chicken. We ate chicken last week. You know, fish, I was sick of that too. How many of you just ever got sick of food? Okay, I'm tired of food. And, and that's when it's time to fast. <laughs> when you get tired of food, it's time to fast. You fast for a day or two, you be, what, what you want? I don't care. <laughs> that grass, we can fix that up. Can you imagine what shape, I don't know if any of you think about it, what kind of shape was mankind in when we decided to go out there and pick some grass and put it in the pot and boil it and call it greens? <laughs> Anybody ever think about that? Yeah, it's coming to us, but somebody had to be the first one to do it. <laughs> you know that's all greens are, it's grass. That's all it is. I don't care how you fix it up, how many eggs you put in it. You know, it's just grass. <laughs> That's for us high-sedated people. <laughs> That's done ate one of them little teaspoons of caviar. You eat greens, you just eating grass. You just like the rest of us. You at the bottom of the pot. <laughs> I tell you, the Lord have a way of humbling us, don't he? How are you high-minded and eating grass? <laughs> it's all going to make sense in the sweet by and by. All right, verse 69, and we believe and are sure that thou art that Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus, now everybody see that? That's the only way you can move forward in God is when you know for sure that he's God. And there are, there are no other options. Verse 70, Jesus answered them, have not I chosen you 12? 
And one of you is a what? Devil. He spake of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, for he it was that should betray him, being one of the twelve. Everybody see that? Now, let's read that again, verse 7. And Jesus answered them, Have not I chosen you twelve, and one of you is a devil? And then it goes on to talk about who he was talking about. Now, <laughs> when people are stuck, they have no idea that the Lord is talking to them. Because they've reasoned in their minds that they're okay. And the Lord will be talking to them. Now, this chapter should have been extended another 20 or 30 verses. Why? Who is it, Lord? We'll get rid of this joker right away. Who is it? Is it me? I'm not concerned. I'm just glad that I, I received what the other, everybody else is gone, but I'm still here. Everybody understand? You see what happens when you're stuck? When you're stuck, you stop receiving the word. You're not even asking, Lord, is it I? I'm going to just move on. I never, you, there's only 12 of us here now. And so that narrows it down. And you're saying one of us is a devil? We need to go into prayer. So one of them was a devil, didn't have enough sense to know it. The other 11 didn't care. Everybody understand? So when you stuck, you're going to miss. See, Judas just didn't. We, read, we started off with the, with the little meeting of betrayal to show you that he didn't just start there. He was missing these signs all along. The Lord, the whole, during his whole ministry, was saying the same thing, preaching to him and talking to him, but he was not seeing it. Does everybody understand? In fact, let's go to the 12th chapter of this same book, the 12th chapter of the book of John. Is everybody there? We're going to start reading at verse 1. It says, Then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, which had been dead, whom he raised from the dead. There they made him a supper. And Mary served, but Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. Then took Mary a pound of ointment of spikenard, very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. Everybody see that? Now, I want to just stop right here and just take time out. Now, we know the Lord was the most humble individual to walk this earth. You had to be to be God and come down and make flesh and come down and live in it and act like you are one of your own creation. So he was very humble. Everybody understand? But here is this humble God allowing this woman, Mary, to take a very expensive ointment. Everybody see that? Not to put on his head, 
but to anoint his feet. I remember when I was passing the church in Louisiana, and uh, sometimes I'd go visit Brother Junior. All the time, really, really, I'd go visit him. And sometimes he'd reach in his pocket and give me money. And when he first started doing that, I, I would say, no, Brother Junior, you, you know, you don't need to do that. And he would tell me, you need to let me honor you. You're my shepherd. Regardless of the age difference, because he was uh, 45 years older than me. You need to let me honor you. And he, and he taught me. If you're not careful, you'll get into this false humility. God, you have to get out of this mindset that God don't want his people having nice things. The whole world don't mind putting all these basketball players, football players on this pedestal and, and don't mind them living fancy. Don't mind them having nice things. But preachers are supposed to be poor. We look down now. I don't believe in preachers being high-minded. But I don't believe preachers ought to be at the bottom of the barrel. Everybody understand? To make you feel good about yourself. Didn't we just read that? They taken some very, he, she took some very expensive ointment and anointed his feet. Everybody understand? She was showing him what she thought of him. I'm not even worthy to anoint your head. Your feet will do. Everybody understand? Last part of that says, and wiped his feet with what? Her hair. Yeah, it was gross. But even back then, it was even grosser. That was not something that you did, especially a strange woman. And when I say strange, this woman was not his wife. But she did it. Everybody understand? And the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. Then said one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him. Now, that's added for a reason. That shows you the mindset. This, why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to who? Now, on the surface, now, if this wasn't Judas, it, this would have been doctrine today. If it wasn't Judas, it would have been doctrine today. And some people still have adapted, adopted that doctrine. Well, you know, church money, that's supposed to just go all to the poor. What are you doing for this? You know, and I've had folks even email me, how, you know, how do I send money because I want to do it, I want you to do it. No, you're not going to send me money and tell me what to do with it. <laughs> I believe if you follow on a man of God, you ought to trust him. Does everybody understand? Yeah, if you follow one, you ought to trust them. 
Other than that, everybody, because you don't trust him if you got to tell him what to do with it. Everybody understand? <laughs> now, you can keep your quarters. Everybody see? I know I'm living right. And ain't nobody, I ain't going to let nobody in this church starve. So on the surface, it seemed like he was saying something honorable. Why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? Everybody see? Now you know what the issue was with that? He was showing us right then and there what he thought about his own Lord. He was showing right then and there what he thought about God. You're not, it ain't even worth it. You're not worth it. This high expensive this stuff is. Why is she wiping your feet with that? Everybody see? <laughs> I think we need to get back to the day where people think high of preachers. When I was growing up, if we were full of the devil, the church didn't know it when we passed by. We didn't cuss in front of preachers. We might have had foul mouths. We were, we were ready to fight anybody that was cussing when we were passing by a church. Everybody understand? Oh, that's, the, that's God's house. You ain't, no, you don't need to be doing that. Everybody understand? You get around the corner, you can cuss all you want, but don't cuss. Everybody understand? All right, verse 6. This he said, not that he cared for the poor. <laughs> Everybody see that? But because he was what? What was he? A thief. And had what? The bag, the offering plate, and bear what was put therein. Isn't that something? Now, you know what his deception was? He thought because the Lord didn't call him out and didn't take the money back from him and give it to somebody else that he was getting away with what he was doing. You see what stuck or do you? And, that, and let me see, let me make this so the Lord says one of you is a devil and the devil makes himself clear. You're not, you know, I don't think you're all that for, for this expensive perfume to be put on you. Uh, you ain't all of that. I think more poor people than I do you, even though I don't care about poor people. Everybody understand? Verse 7, look at how the Lord answered. Then said Jesus, let her alone. Against the day of my bearing hath she kept this. For the poor always ye have with you, but me ye have not always. Now, let's not overlook what he's saying. The poor, you're going to have always. But me, you don't have always. What is he saying? He's telling him, I'm not going to be here always because of you, Judas. I'm trying to call, I'm trying to make this, show you this connection here. You're not saying this because you care about poor people. You're a thief. You're covetous. And because of that, I'm not going to be here always. But you see, he missed it. Everybody see that? Let's go to the 12th chapter of the book of Luke real briefly. 
And we're going to start reading at verse 13. All right, is everybody there? The 12th chapter of the book of Luke. We're going to start reading at verse 13. It says, And one of the company said unto him, Master, speak to my brother that he divide the inheritance with me. And he said unto him, Man, who made me a judge or a divider over you? And he said unto who? Them. Was Judas among them? Was he there? Take heed and beware of covetousness, for a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth. Who was there when he preached that message? But it ain't me, and it can't be me, because if it was me, you'd have been took this money back from me. And he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. And he said, This will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater. And there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. Everybody see that? You ain't got to depend on God at all. You got your 401k intact. Your company donating more money than you are in your savings. You're going to be set up for life when you retire in 50 years. Everybody see that? But God said unto him, Thou what? Fool! who think because you're financially stable, you don't need me. Who think because you got a good paying job and job security, you don't need me. I've seen people with college degrees work at McDonald's. It don't matter to God, everybody understand. Let me make this clear. Nobody's a billionaire in eternity. You know, the Egyptians and some of the African tribes, when they died, they, took, they were buried with their wealth. Did you know that some of the tribes, the servants were also buried with them? Alive. because they thought they could take it with them. They knew there was an afterlife. They just didn't know they would be standing before God naked without all of that. Everybody understand? But God said unto him, thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who shall those things be which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich towards what? And is not rich towards who? Everybody see that? 
So you, you see, God does not have a problem with you having treasure in this world. But he wants you to be rich towards God. Everybody understand that? Verse 22, and he said unto his disciples, therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat, neither for the body, what ye shall put on. The life is more than meat, and the body is more than raiment. Everybody see that? So who was there when this message was preached? Everybody see? But he missing it the whole time. The rest of them wasn't worried about food and drink. The rest of them weren't, worried, weren't thieves and being tempted to try to lay up, you know, just sneak money here and there, uh, you know, to, to, just in case this whole following Jesus thing don't work out. The rest of them didn't have a backup plan. Judas did. So the Lord was talking to one man, the one with the money bag. And his whole time, he's missing it. You know why? Because he's stuck. If I'm going to follow you, I'm going to get something out of the deal. Now let's go to one more scripture. Let's go to the 13th chapter of the book of John. And we're going to pick up where we left off at. Uh, as far as the actions and the timing, we're going to pick up what we left off at it for, at Luke 22. Uh, the same story. The 13th chapter of the book of John. We're going to start reading at verse 16. Is everybody there? He says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither he that is sent greater than he that sent him. If you know these things, happy are ye if you do them. I speak not of you all. I know whom I have chosen. Everybody see that? But that the scripture might be fulfilled. He that eateth bread with me hath lifted up his heel against me. Everybody see that? He's talking about prophecy. And he's talking about, you know, the prophecy that was given concerning the one that would betray him. Now I tell you before it come that when it is come to pass, ye may believe that I am he. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that receiveth whomsoever I send receiveth me, and he that receiveth me receiveth him that sent me. When Jesus had thus said, he was troubled in spirit and testified and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, that one of you shall betray me. Then the disciples looked one on another, doubting of whom he spake. Now there was leaning on Jesus' bosom one of his disciples whom Jesus loved, Simon Peter therefore beckoned to him that he should ask who it should be of whom he spake. He then, lying on Jesus' breast, said unto him, Lord, who is it? Jesus answered, He it is, to whom I shall give a sop when I have dipped it. And when he had dipped the sop, 
he gave it to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. Everybody see that? And what happened? They all jumped on Judas? You know what the problem is here? As soon as the word is planted, the devil come and take it. Everybody understand? The Lord could depend on that. I'm going to tell you who's going to do it. Now, just naturally so. And you think about what their response was when they came and laid hands on him. Peter took out his sword and cut the man's ear off. So it shows you they didn't, it wasn't that they lost their zeal for God as far as not wanting him to go down like that. But it just shows you people can ask a question and did not pay attention to the answer. That's because they stuck. Everybody understand? Verse 27, and after the sop, what happened? Satan entered into him. Everybody see that? Now when this, so we went over several instances where Jesus is preaching about covetousness, where he's talking about greed and talking about these different things and not laying up treasure for yourself. He's talking about all of that and Judas is rejecting it. And he rejected it so much until he gave the devil permission to come on inside of him. The devil wasn't there yet. Everybody understand? So, <laughs> I think it's very, we really need to pay attention to this wording here. But you may say, well, Brother Bowen, what did you just read? I said, the devil wasn't there yet. Does everybody understand? Jesus said, I have 12 of you have I chosen, and one of you have a devil. And all he would have had to do to get rid of that a devil was receive what the Lord was saying to him. But after he rejected it so many times, then the devil came. That's one you're not going to overcome just by listening and obeying. Now you're going to have to have hands laid on you to be delivered. Everybody understand? Let's read that. And after that sop, Satan, not one of his demons, Satan, everybody see, entered into him. Then said Jesus unto him that thou doest do what? Quickly. Everybody see that? Now no man at the table knew for what intent he spake this unto him. For some of them thought because of Judas had the bag. <laughs> That Jesus had said unto him, buy those things that we have need of against the feast, or that he should give something to the poor. Everybody see that? You see how they didn't pay attention? And you may wonder, for three and a half years, how in the world did Judas go from having a devil? Because the truth be told, all his disciples had to be delivered from some stuff. And they were delivered as they continued to hear the word, and as they continued to obey what they heard. Judas was stuck because he rejected it and he made the same mistake 
that a lot of believers make today, I can, I can just keep eating this milk. It ain't going to be that big of a deal. I can just stay right where I am spiritually. I ain't got to accept everything. I can still do this and do that and still go to heaven. But you know what happens when you're still doing this and doing that and, and, and thinking you're going to heaven? You got to reject everything else that you hear. Now that's the danger. You hearing the truth. You don't get to reject meat and tell God, I'm going to stay on this milk and still go to heaven. I'm going to tell you, you're going to end up exactly the way Judas did. All Judas wanted was to be saved. Nothing after that. Nothing after that. I can care less about what you're talking about, covetousness. I got a family. Everybody, you're not talking to me. Everybody understand? And he missed it the whole time. The Lord was talking to everybody but him. And he got stuck. Everybody understand? Even to the point where the Lord could tell him, because listen, once the devil entered into him, he couldn't help himself. You want me to tell you how? Because when he got right on up from that table and went and betrayed the Lord, after the Lord told him to do it, he didn't say, I'm not going anywhere. He couldn't even control himself. When the Lord said, him that I, that dipped, who I give the sop to, why did he receive it? That would have been my cue to go sit on the other side of the room. He'd have to chase me down to give me that. Uh, Lord, you ain't, yeah, you ain't in good shape as I am. Now, you're you going to have to outrun me. It's going to take a miracle for you to catch me with that sop. And I'd have been repenting the whole time. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Don't let it be me. Everybody understand? Yeah, the Lord had the fight on his hands. You better get on back now. Get him to move now. Go on with that sop. <laughs> but when you're full of the devil, <laughs> you're blessed because the Lord is giving you something to eat. Everybody understand? <laughs> Most of you see I drove the yellow bus out there today. That bus has the same engine that the other bus have in it. It is called, again, the legendary 7.3 liter. They call it legendary because those engines are supposed to get a million miles on them. So we went and bought the bus and we drove it back from Missouri. No problem. I think it was about a three-hour drive or something like that. No problems. And so here sometime within the last few months, I, we took it out, drive it, and it started running hot. 
And, it, and of course, those engines like that, uh, they got uh, a safety mechanism in them so that when they're running hot, they'll slow down. Like you can, you can have the metal to the, the pedal to the floor. You're not going, I don't think, what, we got up to 25, Brother Jones? Or uh, 20 miles per hour when it ran hot that time? Like, like you, can push, you can push it down to the floor. It, it ain't going to get above 20 or 25 miles per hour because it's not going to let you burn it up. So I did some research, and uh, this ended up being the problem. Now, this is what they call, and all I think all your vehicles have one, a thermostat. Now, some of you have heard that term but may have never saw one. And this is a thermostat. Now, this thermostat sits on top of your engine, and there's a hole on top of your engine that where this thermostat sits in. And it is part of the water reservoir that's on the inside of your engine because, of course, you got oil circulating through there. But the oil, after a while, is going to heat up you know, from, from the friction that's going on between the, the parts of the engine. And so what happens is it needs coolant to help keep the oil and your engine cool itself. So what this does is this sits on top of the engine where the water flows in and out. And when this gets a certain temperature, how many of you see that spring there? The spring pushes down and it opens up and it allows the water, the hot water, to flow out of your engine and into your radiator. Of course, you know your radiator has a fan that's turned towards it to cool the hot water down that's coming out of the engine. In the meantime, simultaneously, the water that's in your radiator, or the coolant that's in your radiator, that's already cold, it goes into your engine and it replaces the hot coolant that's coming out of it. So while you're driving, you could drive 10 hours, that's this never-ending cycle that's going on in your vehicle. Well, what happens over time when an engine has gotten older, the thermostat gets what it calls stuck. And when it gets stuck, it does not allow the hot coolant to circulate into the radiator. And, it, and because of that, the, the coolant that's in the radiator cannot circulate into the motor. So basically, it stops the cycle when this gets stuck, which causes motors to overheat. And what happens over time when the engine have done that so many times and overheated, it will eventually lock up. And it will stall you. Everybody understand? Now I think it's interesting. That motor only has about 170,000 miles on it. So we still got a good 800,000 miles to put on it before anything really goes wrong with it. But it's interesting that something this little, as big as that engine is, something this little can be the death of it. Something, this is a, when you look at the size of that engine, almost the size of this podium here, something this little can stop the legendary whatever. All the rest of the parts can be in pristine condition. But you let this get stuck. 
Doesn't matter how good the transmission is. Doesn't matter how good everything else in it is. If this gets stuck, it'll shut down everything else. So you, we have to ask ourselves as believers, where have we got stuck? What is it that we heard preached that we didn't like, that we got offended at, and where we got stuck at? Everybody understand? I'm telling you, all it takes is for you to reject one thing. You reject one thing and you'll be stuck. I don't care how much more, how much more you think you accept of God. If you reject one part of it, you'll be stuck. But the problem is, you'll go along just like Judas. The Lord ain't calling where you're stuck out, stuck at every week. He's not calling it out week after week. And pretty soon you start missing it all together. You done heard me say it so many times, wherever it is you're stuck at, until you done become numb to it. Now, yeah, I've heard you say that before. Yeah, I've heard you say that before. Everybody understand? But your end will be just like Judas. You, you'll think because you've been walking with the Lord for so long that you belong to him. You'll be thinking, well, I got a problem with this. I don't like it when you say that. I don't like it when you preach on this. Well, how can you tell God that and continue to grow in him? How can you not like all of God's word and continue to grow? How is that possible? When you reject one part of it, you're stuck. Everybody understand? When I was in high school, we had to pass algebra. You didn't get to move on to geometry or algebra two without passing algebra. And if you did not pass algebra, you didn't get a high school diploma. I don't know what they got going on today. But when I was in high school, there were certain things you had to pass. You had to pass. And you could not move on until you passed. Other than that, you were stuck. You could have made all A's and other, well, I'm, I, I'm real skilled in English. I done wrote 10 books and all of that. But I don't know what one plus one equals. You'll be stuck. God don't care how many books you wrote for him. He don't care about how many miracles you've done for him. Just reject one thing in his word. You'll be stuck. And you know what happened? You'll see yourself going through this cycle. And pretty soon, you know, you'll be doing the same stuff over and over again and just trying to figure out, why am I keep falling into this? When, when you say that to yourself, that's, that's your proof that you're stuck. When you keep going through the same stuff over and over again, same raggedy devil over and over again, you're stuck. And it's because you've rejected the word somewhere. And you will not move past that until you allow the Lord to come in and change whatever it is you've rejected. Everybody understand? Change your heart towards it. Does everybody understand? This part here, I, I, you know, I kept the original package. This was the, you know, that, that motor that's in that bus. It's an international. And I've learned the hard way. When you got an expensive engine like that, you better put some the, the, the real parts on it. <laughs> so you know what I did? I went to international. Y'all have a thermostat? Yeah, we got one left. 
Don't care how much it is, I'm buying it. Everybody understand? Now this part costs about $50. Uh, yeah, $50, here you go. I could have went to AutoZone or Old Riders and paid 14. But you know what? What they got don't match up to this at all. I'd have been sitting on the side of somebody's road somewhere. Hey man, can you come pull me or give me a ride? You know, whatever. Everybody understand? And that's what people try to do with the word of God. They try to replace what he said with cheap parts. And it don't last long. Yeah, I know your words say submit, but I'm going I'm to honor. I'm going to just honor my husband. I'm going to correct him, but in a nice way. <laughs> no, you better go on back, to take that mess back to AutoZone. <laughs> Everybody understand? That's auto, that ain't getting AutoZone to get you to heaven. You better go to the original, the original author. Figure out what his words say and abide by it. If you honor him, you'd obey him. That's part of you honoring. But that's such a strong word, oh, obey. I don't know if I could do that. No, that's not the way you think about it. Think about that, that fire in hell, that's such a hot fire. Yeah, that's the way you think. That's hot. Everybody understand? Yeah, it ain't nothing to obey when you know how hot hell is. So it's not God's will. It's not God's will for people to be stuck. And I've seen people 20, 30, 40 years living and stuck. Uh, and now you can't tell them that they ain't serving God because in their mind they serving him. Everybody understand? I tell you about me though, to me it's not enough to serve him. I want a relationship with him. And I'm, and, and I'm gonna ask him on a regular basis, Lord, have I gotten out of your way, out of the will, some kind of way? Lord, am I still where you want me to be? Am I still on track? Everybody understand? Most of us got GPSs. And, and we know, you know, when we put in our destination, it's going to tell us what time we're supposed to be there. You know, and a, and a six-hour trip shouldn't take ten hours. And we know if it's taking us ten hours, then we've gotten off track and off path somewhere. I don't believe there ought to be a woman that's serving God ten years into it and still wearing pants. You've gotten off track somewhere, sister. They are not to be a woman serving God still talking back to her husband and disrespecting him. You've gotten off track. There are not to be a man serving God and not loving his wife, not leading his family. You've gotten off track. Everybody understand? That's not God's will. So we have to ask the Lord, Lord, where did I get off at? Lord, where did, where did I reject you at? Now, you may say in your brain, well, I know that's the truth. You can know something the devil knows is the truth. Yeah, he a liar, but that don't mean he, you know the lie, you have to know the truth. He a liar. 
but he knows the truth, knowing it ain't enough. We have to have our attitudes. I'm telling you, the people of God, ought, this ought not to be strange to them. This, uh, this word that we preach, it ought not to be odd and awkward. This ought not to be cultish stuff. It's the word everywhere. Everybody understand? You can go to the dollar store and buy a Bible for $5. It's going to say the same thing my says. I didn't have to pay $1,000 for this book. You know, I, I can't tell you the number of times I've preached a message and folks have come up to me and say, what Bible you got? The same one you got. That ain't got nothing to do with it. Everybody understand? I got the same Bible you got. <laughs> I don't know if they think I'm just sitting up here reading what I'm saying or what it is. It's the same book. You are reading with me. But I'm going to tell you what. You can't replace the anointing. That's the difference. Being on track. Everybody understand? That's the way people ought to be about our marriages. What? What? How are y'all so happy together? After all these years, y'all still happy? Everybody understand? Because I believe this book here. We follow this word. Everybody understand? My wife and I, we're going to be 80 years old, still holding hands. We're going to be one of those old couples. Everybody understand? You know that's, that's the way it's supposed to be? No, you ain't supposed to be falling out of love and just getting along and just glad that we ain't killed each other. <laughs> Y'all know couples go to that point? That's what make them start sleeping in separate rooms. I can't stand the way you breathe. <laughs> I ain't never bought that lie where your daddy snore. So I, you know, he was snoring when y'all first got together. <laughs> that condition don't come with age. <laughs> I tell you, I ain't never known nobody to be happy and reject God's word. You want to see some unhappy people? You just you see people that reject God's word. They just one and the same. I read this Bible and I rejoice about it. I don't get mad because I see something in it that I need to improve in. I don't get mad because God correct me about something. I, in fact, it's just the opposite. I rejoice. Well, thank the Lord that you love me enough to tell me what I'm doing wrong. You know why? Because, Lord, I don't want to be stuck. I want to keep moving. And my prayers is that you do too. All right, let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for this word that we've heard. Lord, we pray that you will help this word to be tucked into our hearts, Lord. Help us to take heed to what you've said today. Help us, Lord, not to reject it when we hear it and when we see it. Lord, we ask that you will change our hearts, Lord, if they need to be changed. Help us not to receive correction, Lord, with a, out of spite, and anger, 
But Lord, help us to know that your correction is a sign of love for us. Help us, Lord, not to take that love for granted. We thank you, Lord, for loving us enough to correct us and to point us in the ways that you would have us to go. Lord, we pray that by your grace and mercy that you will keep us in that way. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. All right. Right now, we'll go ahead and uh, be dismissed, go to the back, and we'll discuss a little bit of what we heard today. If that's all now, uh, we'll dismiss you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs>